You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. That's the old me right there. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be seen. And not even looking on a little phone screen. Yeah, no. It's full size. Live and in person. Full full size. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big screen I'm looking at. (laughs) 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 I'm at the... What's that, uh, uh, what's that called? The, the really big 3D uh, screens. Oh, like IMAX. IMAX, like, yeah. IMAX. That's what it is. I'm looking at <laughs> D-Max. D-Max. Good to be back. Good to be here. And uh, good topic this week, separation. Yep. I like it. It's true. It is true. It's needed. Yeah, it is. We're not, we don't preach on it very much anymore. No, we don't. Right. We don't. Um, and Because uh, nobody wants to be called a Pharisee. Well, true, and I think we have learned some things over the years. I think that there was a time when we separated from everybody and everything over things that we didn't really need to. So um, are Baptist churches more separated now? Uh, no. Okay. Do no. we need to preach on them more? Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We do. So there you go. Well, today we're going to look at something that a lot of people probably wouldn't know or study or think yeah, of. a lot of preachers know about it, but right. not a lot of people in churches spend a lot of time thinking about it. Right, because I think a lot of times the preacher is the one who makes the decision on this and does it for the church. Um, secondary separation. Secondary separation. Secondary separation. Explain to our listeners secondary separation. Okay, so a rocket blasts off mm-hmm. and it gets in the atmosphere mm-hmm. And that first piece of the rocket yeah, falls off. Right. Secondary separation. Secondary separation. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. Okay. So churches shouldn't do that. Because um, <laughs> otherwise there's a big fireball. There's a big fireball. <laughs> and I mean, where does that first where does that first piece go? I mean, it plummets back to the earth. It just floats around in the atmosphere. Well, sometimes. waiting to clunk into some kind of a satellite. Well, that or falls back into the ocean. There you go. And they retrieve it and reuse it. Or if you're SpaceX, <laughs> you just bring the whole thing back and set it down on the launch pad. Yeah, there you go. Hopefully. What is secondary separation? Secondary separation, if the way I understand it, yes. secondary separation is the idea, I am trying to live separate, like what we've said, mm-hmm. separate in doctrine, mm-hmm. separate in godliness, sec- separate uh, from unsaved people. Mm-hmm. In purpose and and in my uh, goals in life, and so I'm trying to live clean. Now, if somebody else is trying to live clean, good. But if that person, that other person, has a friend mm-hmm. who is not living clean, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. then I should separate from my friend right. because my friend may not be separated as much as he thinks. Right. So putting that in light of churches, there are churches that will say, well, we can't associate with that church anymore 
because they had a guy preach that I don't agree with, or they have mm-hmm. music that I don't agree with, or they have a program that I don't agree with. So I am going to leave. Well, that's more them rather than yeah. but having a guy in. Yeah, that's yes. that's or, the big one. Or they fellowship with a church that I wouldn't fellowship right, with. Right, yeah. right. So I, Al Stone, will no longer have Dan Wolven into my church because he preached for uh, Phil Clayton, and I don't like what Phil's doing, so right. I don't have Dan in anymore. And you must separate. Or his church. Or his church, yeah. You must separate. Right. And so you have nothing more to do right. with that individual because mm-hmm. you're separated. Exactly. So that and that makes me more spiritual. Usually is the claim. Yeah. So where do we draw those lines? Where does a church draw those lines in separation? Uh, is there a need sometimes for secondary separation, do you think? I think there's a need to be concerned of who's influencing my friends. Yes. You know, um I'm concerned for my friends, I'm concerned for my sister churches. Mhm. Now, we believe in the autonomy of the church. That means yep. every every church gets to decide for itself how to That's operate. Right. That's right. The doctrines, the people that they associate with, mm-hmm. exactly how they operate their church, uh, what they allow and don't allow, who they have in to preach, what missionaries. So every church has that right. And so, um, you know, where, where many people will say is, well, I can no longer associate or fellowship with this church because now they have a fellowship or association with another church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or I can't fellowship with this pastor because now he is entangled, he is yoked together Mm. in some way with a guy that I don't agree with. Right. And the point is, you better go first. Is it against the gospel? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it against the doctrines, the wholesome words of our Lord Jesus Christ? Right. Is it against the teaching and preaching of godliness? If it isn't, you don't have much of a leg to stand on Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm, separating mm -hmm. with them. Right. I think we have to be careful. And uh, our good friend Al Fury, Pastor Al Fury at my home church at Bethel and Simcoe, said this the other day. I thought it was a good thing. He said, you know, we— absolutely detest the cancel culture mentality of this world because we're not like them cancel them out we don't we don't you know want them we don't need them we're going to separate from them cancel them out right so we're not going to listen to what they say we cancel them but you know i i think we have to be careful that we don't become a cancel culture within christianity i'm going to cancel them out because they don't do something exactly like I do it or think it should be done or want it to be done. I, I think we have to be careful of that. I, I don't find in the scriptures a lot about secondary separation. I have heard people use the illustration of um, a priest, if he would, you know, as, as the as the Old Testament would explain, mm-hmm. if a priest touches an un- unclean thing, mm-hmm. He's unclean. Mm-hmm. But if somebody else touches an unclean thing and mm-hmm. does not become cleansed mm-hmm. and the priest touches him, is he clean or unclean? Mm-hmm. And he is unclean right? because he touched the one who had touched the thing that was unclean. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where many people get the concept of secondary uh, separation. separation. 
of the clean or unclean. But my my problem is I think many times our rule of thumb of what is clean and what is unclean is opinion and it's not scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I I I just I, I think we really have to be careful because then you set yourself up as a judge. And a lot we have of times, to be a judge. we do. That's that's of, what of the right a pastor is as a bishop. Right, he was, he's an overseer. Mm-hmm. He's got to make sure he scares away the wolves. Right, but you also have to make sure that you're a righteous judge, and it's not just again a preference. So, what's righteous judgment? I think it has to be within the confines of the scriptures. Amen. There you go. Yeah, and if 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 it aligns with the scriptures, then yes. So, if I have a friend who preaches for somebody else, um, pick, pick a topic, pick any topic. Uh, communion. Communion. So I have a friend, and he preaches in a church where they um, only observe communion once a year, and I think you should have communion once a month. Is that scriptural? Is that is that something that I should say, well, then I'm done with that, that my friend, because he went over there with those guys. It's what we do. It's what we do. Yeah, it's not right. It's not right. And I'm, I'm of the impression that we should be banding together, not not in error. I want to make that clear, and I think our listeners understand. We never want to be in error, but I don't, I don't think this is the time to be so judgmental and so nitpicky that we ostracize ourselves into one little tiny group of people. I, I think we're on the same team. And 99.9% of the time we agree, but if that 1% separates us or 0.1% separates us, I, I, think we, I think we weaken ourselves. I think you have to separate over doctrine. Yeah. yeah. No question. No question. No question. And, and I, then there's sometimes that we have practices that are undoctrinal or unscriptural. Mm-hmm. And... That's where I would begin to fear. Mm-hmm. But um, I I am overseeing our church, but I'm still an under-shepherd. Mm-hmm. And so I had better make sure that I'm right scripturally in the things and that I'm not just trying to, uh, you know, th- there's the two camps on this. Mm-hmm. It's like the Calvinists and the Arminians. Mm-hmm. They 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 go to such extremes, right. and they say you got to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think it's I don't think it's right. I think we can still be biblical in the way that we operate, and in the way that we also have our attitudes. Mm-hmm. L- let me ask you this: If a Catholic church called you and asked you to preach, and said you can preach anything you want, would you preach in that church? No, you wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't do it. Why? Now. Because I would be going to that church and I would be partaking in that service that ha- that is affiliated with such terrible doctrine. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I would probably reiterate after the invitation, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. And it says, if they said, come on, I probably would not go. Um, but 
to be able to go just about anywhere and preach in any meeting at any time, uh, we don't accuse a servant to his master. Mm-hmm. The, the servant is the preacher. The master is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And we, we let him worry about that. Mm-hmm. We may talk to a brother we may talk to a you know a a friend. We may talk to somebody that we're concerned about, and find out, hey, where are you on this? I, I'm I'm a little nervous for you. Or, you know, I'm not trying to judge you, my friend. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to judge you, my brother, or, or say you can or cannot do the follow the leading of the Lord. But mm-hmm. where are you in this? Right. Because we do influence each other. Right. And we live in a society where um, anymore, whenever I have preachers in. I've got half my congregation that says, I can't wait to hear them preach because right. I watched them preach right. this sermon at, at eight eight other churches. Mm-hmm. You know, I looked them up on the Internet and followed along, and mm-hmm. I heard, I can't wait till he, till he comes and preaches. Mm-hmm. So we influence each other now, yes. and, and there's the, there is this interaction, mm-hmm. whether we want to admit it or not. There's right. this interaction on the web that we have. Right. I will say that I think in the heart of hearts of a lot of guys that— used to really hit second degree separation. I think they did want to keep our movement, I use that word movement, our our fellowship pure. I think I think they were afraid of things creeping in unawares, sure. right? So I think that was part of it. I think that they they didn't want things coming in that were going to either cause a division or cause a questioning of their people, something they didn't want to fight within the church. A weakening was a good term. Yeah, I think that was a lot of it. I think there was uh, men that saw, and, and again, we we had a great era that we've pastored in, but it was a very transitional era that we pastored in. There are a lot of things changed between, you know, the 1970s and the 2000s. Um, a lot of social, political, geopolitical, um, financial you know, spiritual. There are a lot of changes and things that we saw change. So with those changes around us, I think pastors were afraid that the church was going to change or move away from what it should be. And so they they put up some barriers, and part of that was a secondary separation. So much of society has changed, and we've changed. You know, there, there was an era where one guy, if he got up and preached about the other guy— they got to get up and preach about him. Mm-hmm. And then they'd have a good yelling match and go shake hands and it's all over with, you know. Uh, m- men would have the conviction to stand strong for what they thought mm-hmm. and what they believed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that sometimes we really thought through what we're yelling about. Right. You know, and or we're using the wrong measure of spirituality. Mm-hmm. And of course it is not our obligation to measure someone else's spirituality. Mm-hmm. It's our it's our gauge to measure doctrine mm-hmm. and position, mm-hmm. which is just about the same. Mm-hmm. And whenever we see doctrine changing, position changing, because it's almost identical where you stand on doctrine is our position. And whenever you see that changing that ought to really concern us. Yes, that yes. really ought to concern us, because then that in turn is going to it, it's going to uh, change our actions and how we live. Mm-hmm. Do you see any degree of second degree separation with Peter and Paul when they had to go to Jerusalem and meet with James? And would you consider that 
You know, that's Part interesting. That. I don't know if I would if I would call that, but you know, here's Peter. He acted one way with the Gentile churches, acted a different way with the uh, yeah. Jewish churches, and Paul called him out on it, and yeah. well, he should have. Right. You know, and I think that that's you know that even Peter in his writings later, of course. They're God's writings. Right. You know, it still refers to his brother Paul yeah. and good things about him. So yeah. it wasn't like, no, oh, they're so mad at each other. Right. But um, they did need an intercessor who helped, you know, bring that thing with James. I mean, his counsel. Yeah, but his, he was the leader. He mm-hmm. was the first pastor. Mm-hmm. And so they gave great respect also because he was the brother of our Lord. Mm-hmm. And so they they deferred to his judgment mm-hmm. because of his position. Sure. And, of course, when it's such so scriptural and sound, mm-hmm. and everybody basically said, amen, that's yeah. great. Right. Then they wrote the letters right. to those churches and saying, we're not going to make you guys do this. Here's what you need to be concerned yes. about, you Gentile churches. And, and that really is, whenever you think about it, mm-hmm. those two items— mm-hmm are the basic problems in most of our churches today. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, and, you know, it's been said that the the divide of the New Testament church was Jew and Gentile. The divide of this generation is older generation, younger generation. And the older generation does not want to tolerate any change of the new generation. And I think the new generation struggles that the older generation doesn't want to change anything. Hmm. I don't know. No, I didn't yeah. even think of it that way. Yeah. I don't know if that would be. Yeah. You know, I'd have to think that through to make sense with me. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's always been, you know, the old men and the, you know, the old men mm-hmm. wept while the young yeah. men shouted. Right. You know, I mean, that's always been a. Mm-hmm. It's always been a situation. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there have been a number of people who have seen a younger generation come in and want to do some things differently and they have left their churches or wanted to leave their churches or sit disgruntled in their churches because there's been some type of change that they didn't want to change and it wasn't necessarily doctrinal and i think that's been that's been a hardship for a number of churches i think i I don't think it's as bad now as it was um uh, years ago but i think there's still some of that today yeah, it's in different eras, mm-hmm. you know, different areas. Mm-hmm. So I'll make everybody mad now with this statement. Oh boy, here we go. You know, it, it was, the problem was where people drew the line and how they drew it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let's say women were in slacks. Yep. And so you could not be spiritual if you ever allowed it or wore them. Right. So you, it was an impossibility. Well, that is not a scriptural, scripturally tenable position. So yeah, that that can't be true um, because there's so much in the scriptures that, that talks about. Now, should women wear modest clothing? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The Absolutely. Bible's clear about that. But, you know, God also knew the fashions are going to change in so many different ways that, yeah. uh, you know, it you better be modest. Right. And so— Long, loose, flowing, you know, nothing mm-hmm. that is going to be attracting you to those sexual areas. Um, is that a point of separation? A lot of guys did. He yes. made it that point yeah. of separation. Um, they said 
that that was the doctrine according to godliness. Mm. And at least if they were truly believing that in their heart, mm-hmm. I can see that fear. Mm-hmm. But it didn't express its way is express itself that way. It just made it sound like I've made the rules and you better go by my mm-hmm. rules. Right. That's the way it came out. Right. And I think that that was very unjust. Mm-hmm. Um, today, there are churches like I went to a church planting meeting mm-hmm. and it was repeated five or six times. If you in your church are not planting churches, mm. you're wrong. Yeah. That's an incorrect thing to say. I, absolutely. You know, I could go to churches and say, if you are not influencing your legislator, yep. then you are I'm wrong. wrong. Yeah. I, I'd be just as wrong. Yes. It just so happens that I have a ministry <laughs> which helps meet with legislators. It just so happens they operate ministries that are church planning ministries. Yes. You know, so it's awful easy to say, you're not right with God if you don't do what I do. Mm-hmm. And so that's a real issue. Mm-hmm. That's something that should not be going on. Yeah. I mean, it really shouldn't. No. Uh, because we answer to the Lord. And should churches be planting churches? Amen, brother. Yeah. Should we have a burden to plant churches? Amen, brother. Yeah. Should we want to plant? So am I right if I plant one or more right if I plant 20? You know? Right. Uh, so it, it's just, but. Every church has to answer to the Lord Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and abide by the scriptures. And we way too often want to draw the lines where I don't think the Lord draws the lines. I'll have nothing to do with that guy Mm -hmm. because of this. I think we're going to be facing the the Bible version is going to be the dividing line. And I probably don't have an issue but that being the dividing line, mm-hmm. because it's it's really centering over God's word, right. and not not a subtle technicality. Mm-hmm. I think it's really a, a basis of mm-hmm. it goes to authority, mm-hmm. because when we start correcting the scriptures, mm-hmm. now we have become the authority, and mm-hmm. that's a fearful, fearful position. Yeah, that's that's already an issue. Yes, it's it's a, it's a in the closet issue. It's bubbling, though. It's bubbling. It's growing. It's going to come to the forefront. It's going to come to the forefront. I think more so when our generation dies. I think when you and I are older or out, I think that's when it's really going to take off. Because I think the younger guys still have enough respect. I'm glad you didn't say senile because that would be next week. Well, I know. We're already there. (laughs) I think the younger guys have enough respect for older guys. And I think they have, I don't want to say fear, um, like kind of the reverential fear of older men too, that there's going to be a rebuke if they bring that out. I think they're there. They're wanting to discuss. And I think I think maybe that, that'd be a good podcast. I'm hoping this podcast opens up yeah. lines of discussion. Yeah. We need to be talking about this. Right. And I think that would be a great podcast. And it, it may not be a bad idea to have some younger guys sometimes join us and discuss this. It's, it's not a conversation that anybody really wants to have. But I think it's a conversation we need to have. Um, because if we're just silent on it as older guys, then I think we do a disservice to younger guys. And I think if younger guys won't speak up to some older guys and say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? Um, and, and I've learned as an older guy, I can't just say, no, 
you're wrong. I've got to I've got to allow them to ask the questions and and to sort through for themselves and hopefully be able to guide them rather than just stonewall them and say, no, you're not going to do that. Um, and, and ask those questions. Why would you want to do that? Do you think it's better? Is that really going to be a help? Or does it stop there? I mean, those are questions you can ask. So I think, yeah, I think that's going to be a big These one. issues of separation have always been very intricate and they've always been very necessary. Mm-hmm. All you need to look in in a somewhat our generation yeah. is you look at Billy Graham. Yeah. Billy Graham preached the gospel hard. He preached mm-hmm. it strong. Yeah. And when he made his associations yeah. with the Roman Catholic Church, right. he was wrong. Mm-hmm. He was anti-scripture. Right. And because of that, many scriptural churches said, we can no longer be part Correct. of anything that you do. Mm-hmm. And it wound up bearing record through the course mm-hmm. of decades mm-hmm. that it was extremely unwise and has not mm-hmm. become very productive at all and right. has been a great danger. Right. Uh, so when people come forward, I mean, for decades when they came forward, mm-hmm. many people have gotten saved. Mm-hmm. But many people also went forward and a Catholic yes. or some other denomination that right. does not believe in salvation by grace through faith did the personal work. Right. And that person, although they were moved by the Spirit of God because he associated and entangled himself right. with non-believers, absolute mm-hmm. unbelievers, mm-hmm. it may have damned souls to hell. Mm-hmm. Now, God in his wisdom and grace certainly, sure. you know, if someone came forward, maybe somebody else— you know, Lord sent someone else to really give them the true gospel, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, draw the net. But yeah. uh, that's where we see that. Yes. And so that that's a great example right. of the danger that exists. But yeah. as far as a guy, this guy preaching a Southern Baptist church, well, what did he preach on? Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe that church was wanting to get out of the Southern Baptist Convention. You ever yeah. thought about that? Yeah. You know, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that pastor is trying to bring enough preachers that don't agree with everything the Southern Baptist Convention holds to, and he's mm-hmm. trying to bring in eight or nine or 12 guest speakers to get people yeah. to under the thought mm-hmm. of, hey, let's become independent. Right. We don't know what's going on, but right. but we'll look and we'll go, that guy's off my list. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think with Billy Graham, why did he do that? I, I don't know for sure. He but, said to reach more people that yeah, from his own books right. and his own mouth. And I've right. heard even recordings. He did it because he would have bigger crowds. Right. And he did it to, he said, for the gospel to be heard by more people. Yeah. Could, but your could it intent be? Yeah. Could, does not matter right. when you break the scriptures. Right. Could it be as well to help fund the massive meetings that he was having? Um, I, I, I hope not. I don't know. But a lot of times I see those things that get bigger and bigger and it becomes a huge financial burden. They want to keep it going. So they broaden to help support that. And I, I'm saying all that to say this. I'm thankful for what was done through the preaching, but sometimes the reason for what we do and don't do is not the right motives. And I think sometimes in this secondary separation, sometimes we have the wrong motive for that. Well, later on in life, whenever he's on the Johnny Carson show Mm -hmm. and he says, well, my wife does not believe in a literal hell. Yeah. Now, 
I don't know if his wife ever did. Right. Whatever his wife did at one point, but his, you know, evil communications corrupt good manners. Yes. You know, you you hear it long enough, and maybe she shifted. Maybe yeah. he she changed. Yeah. Maybe they got to her. But regardless, what the purpose is, noble aspirations don't exist when we disobey the Bible. Right. Right. They're no longer noble. Right. They're just wrong. It all comes down to doctrine once again. It comes down to the Word of God. Go. Wow, good. Well, there you go. What a week. Uh, separation. And we wanted to do this to give you something to chew on. Yeah, we want you we, to disagree and start talking to each other. And, yeah. man, open up the open up the Word and start studying it for yourself. Right. I don't have a strong position on some of these things, right. you know, of a, a true understanding of secondary separation and those kind of things is what we what mm-hmm. we label it but mm-hmm. you know um, i i do know that we've when somebody else has to draw the line that's not in the bible mm-hmm. that line shouldn't exist yeah yeah and we just we we want to be open and transparent and we want to deal with topics that are important to people and i think this is one of them i think this is something that guys have struggled with for a while and i think some guys are maybe seeing some of that arise again. And so we just want to make clear what the Bible says. So. Yeah, I think those things help drive away a younger generation yeah, whenever you sure. have a an untenable mm-hmm. position yeah. that you can't defend yeah. and you're saying things that really are not true, then I think it drives people away eventually. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I'm Al Stone, and uh, I don't want to separate from you. I want to stay working for the cause of Jesus Christ Amen. with you. And um, I want us to be mature in our study of the Word of God and, Amen. and open and honest in that study. So from uh, Columbus, I'll not be back this way for a while again. So uh, we have to get in. You are again. separating. I, well, I am separating. Yeah. But not for those wrong reasons. Oh. It's biblical. i got to go into all the world and preach the gospel. There you go. And I'm, I'm pretty much doing that. Amen. <laughs> not the whole world, but our world. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for listening today and this week, and we look forward to being back with you on Monday. This is Dan Wolven in Columbus, Ohio. Please make sure that you give us a rating, a review, and if you subscribe, that would be awesome, and Pastor Stone will send you $100. Whoa, I'm separating now. (laughs) You're trying to separate my wallet from me. (laughs) God bless. Have a great weekend day. We'll be back on Monday. This is the Tim Talks. You've been listening to Tim Toss, taking interest in ministry, with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your hosts, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.